Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. In this edition of Like Family, it's Gaelic games and family life. Historian Paul Rouse. There are as many different types of GAA families as there are families in Ireland. So there are families in which every single member is wedded to the association from kids playing to parents involved to grandparents who go to matches and great-grandparents whose pictures are on the wall having played for clubs. And then there are people whose families were never interested or never involved in the GAA. And that is as real a story within the GAA as any other. And you have to be really careful, I think, in imagining that there is a GAA family. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. Yes, indeed. Tyrone again. The ball comes down the left-hand side of the field again to Kavanagh. Kavanagh gives it down to Davy Hart. Davy Hart it up, gives it out to Tommy McGuigan. Tommy McGuigan gives it back out to Kavanagh. Tries a long, waking kick from the left-hand side. In it goes, over it goes. Tyrone have gone into the lead. And the wonderful Sean Kavanagh's the man with his fifth point of the game. If you're looking for a family steeped in the GAA, you could call into the home of Ted Kavner and his wife Dolores in the Moy in County Tyrone. Hello. Hello, hello, how are you? This is Dolores, my mum. Neither. Oh, you like a bit of chicken bake? Isn't it gas they still come in for their dinner and their lunch? Call Colin. Yeah, everyone every comes every day. Yeah. And night as well. And night. Sometimes. Okay. Uh-huh. The couple of three sons, Adrian, Sean and Colm. Sean won three All-Ireland medals with Tyrone in 2003, 2005 and 2008, as well as five All-Stars. He's now retired, but his mother keeps everything. And do you mind if we have a look at some of his your pictures and medals he has here? Not a bit. You're very good. Well, that's just... Which ca- well, now, we won't go through everything, but show me the highlights. Those there, Cabinet in the hall, yeah. That one, that Genesis one with the Sam McGuire, that's the first one he ever got in 2003. Mm. And, of course, the All-Ireland medals are all there. I love holding an All-Ireland medal. Let's <laughs> see if we can find them. No, that's not... That's, that's not a runner-up one. one. That's a yeah. runner-up. Oh, no, it wouldn't be in that. It'd probably be in these, wouldn't it? Yeah. Where's that? Is that one? That says, uh, cheer own, no, 2006, no. That's not. There's, there's an, an All-Ireland medal. I don't know what that says, Brenda. It says, I'll tell you what year. Just turn it you over. Can you can 2008. See? That's the that's, one. That's the one. That's the one. You picked the right one. I picked the right one. <laughs> so we have all the All-Ireland medals. Yeah. We have trophies. And dust. And dust. <laughs> you must be so proud. Yeah. Uh, no ornaments in this house, put it like that. Just trophies <laughs> and medals. <laughs> I've always said, when Sean gets married, he can take all these trophies with him mm. and I'll be able to buy all these beautiful ornaments and clocks and everything. Still haven't got a clock even in the front room. Mm. Just a big Sam Maguire sitting in the middle of the mantelpiece. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be complaining about that too much. Um, no. Can you talk to me about, say, when they were all growing up and they were playing out the back garden? Did you see in them the great players that they would well, become? Well, I'm just going to tell you now. Mm. We lived in Coal Island for 14 years after we got married. Mm. And Adrian's five years older than Sean. And the older children would have came into the garden and would have um, played with Adrian. Well, of course, Sean joined in as well. And I was standing one evening and the children were all playing out in a bit of a garden. And Teddy came home from work. And I saw Sean playing, a three-year-old child playing with eight and nine-year-olds. Like he was just part of it. And I called Teddy and I says, come and see this here. And Teddy says, what? I says, take a look at him. I says, you'll see that chain Croke Park someday. And that's as true as God. And I used to say, Teddy used to say, my God, it's tar the way all them years ago you saying that. And look where this took us now. Mm. We never dreamt whatever. And what a journey. What, what a what journey. What fun, I'd say, along what the way. What fun, what... 
Though in 2008, I said to Teddy, when Sean got Player of the Year and got every accolade going that year, uh, I said to Teddy, we were away every weekend where some banquet or some big dinner dance or something. I said, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm only home and I'm away again. You know, it was just a journey. Just a great, exciting life. As the mum of, of footballers and players, what was your role? Yeah. My role, my brother used to come in here and there was a row of sports bags always sitting at that door. Mm. And he used to come in here and the house, it never stopped. Mm. It was constant, constant, constant. Wash, wash, wash. Cook, cook, cook. And between him and I, picking them up from school, games, staying over for games. Yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> I believe Sean was saying when he was playing or Colin was playing, you sit there at the front row, very calm during a game. Oh, yes. You're never <laughs> yes. I said to Brenda, you, you hardly go to the game if you're nervous. Well, at the start I did. And it was lovely to see your sons playing. The very first game I went to, to see Sean playing in Croke Park. And the first time, actually, I was actually in Croke Park. So I sat down and this elderly man was sitting beside me. And... Um, I noticed all the people who were with him had flasks of tea and sandwiches and there we were sitting. And I thought, gosh, these are these people are so organised. I just wish we'd have brought all this, you know. But this is my first time. And these people had all the flasks and the tea was going round. So this man says to me, are you enjoying the game? And I said, yeah, well, this is my first time in Croke Park. So I said, uh, do you know anybody on the team yourself? He says, I do. I have a son playing. And I says, so have I. And he says, who's your son? I says, my son, Sean Kavanagh. And he, I says, who's yours? Peter Canavan. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time I was in Croke Park. I hope and he shared his tea with you. Oh, he was lovely. Mm. Such a lovely man, really. Mm. I'm going to miss Sean playing now. I'm going to miss the whole, the whole hype and the whole, the whole fun. Yeah. Well, now, Colm is still playing. Colm is still playing and very proud to have Colm playing. And Colm's a good, solid player. But it was nice having the two of them. Yeah. It's like having twins. <laughs> you don't want one, you want the both of them. I think you're being greedy now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're two good fellas now, I have to say. They're, they're, um, they're modest, Brenda. Mm. And I think that's what the GAA is all about. It's about keeping your feet on the ground. And that, to me, was the most important thing when I was looking after those boys. And you see that man out there, Ted. Ted was, he kept them firmly on the ground. You'll see the brothers at one of the family houses at lunchtime. When I bump into Colm, the chat turns to childhood memories. Uh, every time I went into goals, uh, playing with the bigger lads, obviously being a kid, uh, it used to end up with me coming running into the house crying to mummy, saying that someone had kicked the ball too hard at me uh, or somebody had bundled me over in such a way. So, um, well, them up, it, it was kind of part of that experience of, of uh, being a robust midfielder. Colm had, uh, had a deal with guys five and six years as elders, uh, throwing them around the backyard. But... I, he took it well and he was always tall enough to, to take it like so yeah, yeah. I accept it I think it actually stood to me in the long term to, to be t- totally honest that uh, you know obviously playing above your above your grade and above your ages uh, at that young at that, at that young age obviously when I went back to play any sort of sport or anything with anyone my own age I was usually able to well handle myself uh, after being beat up a lot of times Was it difficult feeling the pressure to be like Sean uh, yeah Sean was always regarding our house as golden boy like he uh, he won I suppose to be fair he won everything uh, you know was, uh, from a young age won all Ireland's uh, I like the way Colm called me a golden boy because I always thought Colm was a golden boy <laughs> Colm was mummy's boy and Colm always got the extra chips Colm always got the extra <laughs> attention he always was better styled out than me I certainly wasn't a golden boy around the house I, I might have been on a football field at times but <laughs> never around the house I'd step in on that I think if you go up to our house at home there is a probably about six walls dedicated to Sean and I don't I think the only picture I have up at the minute is myself and my newborn baby girl so I think there's slight 
slight uh, favouritism going on in there in terms of photographs and you and that so just haven't redirect, de- redecorated in a long time that's yeah, the problem I don't there. think so all awards and everything and pictures uh, all left me up in, up in the home house of him I think there's maybe one I say there's only one picture of me but look you know uh, you know, him having all that success and all that it made me want it it made me want to, to do to try and emulate something that he would have done um, playing for Tyrone playing for my trying to win personal awards you know, you know because Sean had always did it um it was nice. It was nice to try and you know aim for that. Uh, albeit, whenever I get any sort of success, mummy and daddy had already been through it, so they didn't really care very much. <laughs> it must be very special to have two brothers together. You went to training, I believe, together, shared lifts and all that, and then it stops because Sean retires. It, yeah. So was it lonely then? It's strange. It, I, I'll have to say, like we travelled together. I started in the senior panel in two thousand seven, so. Till the last year, that's a long test. Ten, got to ten years of travelling together every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, it's a bit like our childhood. There's always a disagreement over yeah. whether it's football or or or, or business or comms and accountant as well. And and we work together as well. So, uh, yeah, look, we we've had we had many 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 good good and bad experiences probably in those car journeys. Yeah, no, it's strange. Now I say this is the first year that he hasn't been there. Uh, I, I travel with another lad from the way. Um, and it is yes, yeah, strange. As you say, we had a lot of disagreements and a lot of uh, discussions. We'll call them on the roads up to training about it all sorts uh, and look it took me away actually a wee while to get used to believe it or not you know that you, you know travelling up either with, with with the other lad Harry Lahorn from the Moy or sometimes travelling by myself I was used to whenever I came onto the panel there was maybe four or five of us in the car at, at one stage and now all of a sudden I'm travelling to train by myself and yeah it's taken a wee bit of getting used to Those car journeys have, have, have now just been replaced with pushing the prams around with the two uh, two children Sean uh, been eight months and Chloe's coming a year now. Coming is it? A year now, so next week. Yeah. There, there. We've got we've got two cousins coming, coming, coming down the track, uh, which are going to be in the same class, and and that's nice too to be able to to be able to have that time uh, at a different stage of our life. The family bonds are very powerful. Okay, I I, I don't think I don't think we would have achieved all we've achieved w- without. Without the knowing the support was there from mum and dad, without knowing that bef- before that, Granda was so proud of, of, of watching us play for the Moy and, and then ultimately watching us play for Tyrone. So it's just what, what, what life is, acknowledging the, the support and, and the onus that's on you to be part of that chain. Um, and and that's, 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 that's a class thing to be part of. And we probably don't take that much time to reflect on it because... Life, life does move by so quickly and it, it does seem like yesterday that myself and Colin were sharing bunk beds uh, up in up in the home house and uh, and, and now those those beds have been replaced by beds for for my for my kids and and cots for for columns Colin leaves with Chloe and I sit down with Sean to ask what does the GA mean to the Kavna family? Uh, my memories is of travelling up the road to watch Dad play uh, towards his, his latter stages of his career. Now he was a he was a a hard hitting fullback, let's say. So I, I I can I can remember him getting a few red cards and a few cards. Uh, he was maybe getting frustrated that at that stage of his career, but um, it was always about I can remember standing behind the goals and and grabbing the balls and kicking them out to some of the best players that the Moy had uh, um, at that stage and on top of that my, my grandfather um, Tommy Kavna he was uh, a kind of a, a, he was club president of, 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 the, of the club here in the Moy and, and a huge GA man football man and just just a, just a stalwart um, and in actual fact one, one of my greatest memories after winning the 03 uh, All-Ireland was bringing Sam Maguire home and, and obviously you bring it you bring it back to your friends and family but but Grand at that stage um, he, he was 84 and uh, he wasn't in, in, in brilliant health um, but uh, I, I just remember having to almost wrestle Sam Maguire off him, and it was—he <laughs> was incredibly strong. So it was—it was a physically <laughs> tough moment, but at the same time, I, I look back at it now with such fond memories because he was so proud. He, he had gone to every every All Ireland final um, in something like fifty years. Him and his friends travelled down. Um, he, he worked in the railways, and he used to used to get the train down for as long as as he could remember and it was just that one day of the year everyone went to the All-Ireland final whether they take it or not and 
um, being able to bring that back to him and, and he was a typical Irish man in that he, he didn't like to show emotion um, and I never saw any emotion of him through my whole lifetime until that moment where I can remember seeing the, the tears in his eyes and I remember thinking to myself even as a, as a, young, as a young lad I was 19 or 20 at that stage that you know, I had really made it made a difference to his life. Even at the very very end of his life, he passed um, the following year. So uh, it was it was just amazing to have that that moment and and that that memory that I was able to bring a cup home to a man who had spent his whole life um, going to Dublin and, and following the likes of the Kerrys and the Dublins and and the aristocrats of football of Down and and whatnot winning this trophy. So see, when I hear something like that. I get all emotional and I'm trying to kind of explain to listeners who mightn't quite get it what being part of it means to a family. It's just look it's it's undefinable the 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 happiness it brings but it it just it just means everything to you. There would have been times where there was four or five six Kavanagh brothers um and my father's family all playing for the Moy. I can remember a Kavanagh at full back, centre back, midfield, full forward and uh and, and a couple of them on the line as well and maybe a couple of sisters shouting on the line as well. So They're probably ref in the it, game it, as it, well. It, it's it's just a family affair yes. and um and then everyone goes back to the house and drinks tea and, and on a Sunday evening or whatever it is and, and talks about the football then for the, the post match and then who we play next week and, and it all starts again so Day in day out, all I've ever known is 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 being around homes and houses and 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 chatting about the season ahead or the season behind or the trials and tribulations that goes with with every GA club and um, as much as we love to complain about it at times, it's it's what makes us and it's what defines us as people. By kind of being involved in the GA. Did it give you a, a direction you think was the best direction for you? For sure, the, the people I people I met through through the years, um, like like Fanula's family or, or, or my wife Fanula's family is, is, is GA orientated as well. She used to go out with actually a guy he played football with <laughs> um, on a school's team, and that's how I first met met Fanula. So uh, that worked out well for me. I'm not sure about the friend, but um, Fanula's mum mom and dad were as steeped in it as my mum and dad were, and. Uh, it, it kind of, I, I'd say I could point to everything in my life and and, and do a, a, a diagram to how the GA influenced that. Uh, family, employment, um, schooling, uh, and, 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 and you realise that the world is very small when, when you have those connections and, mm. and, and they're all formed on, on that beauty of, 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 of GA and, and uh, just our love for, love for that. Speaking of your own individual family, okay, so growing up, big GA house, what were the different roles that kind of people had within the house? I suppose um, my house growing up was was, was three boys. Um, it's myself, who's the middle boy. Colm is is the youngest. Um, uh, he's a baby and, and the spoiled one in the house. And then I, I, we have an older brother as well, Adrian, who um, played GA not not to the same level as myself and Colm has has, has has probably achieved and accomplished over the last number of years, but was very much big into sport as well. So mummy obviously uh, being an Irish mummy and raising three boys, it, it helped that she was a cook. So she she cooked in the local restaurant here. So um, I, 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 can, I can remember mornings of championship matches and, you know, the, the, the traditional Irish fry. Um, it, it kind of has been, been culled back over the recent <laughs> years with the, with the move towards nutrition and all that. But that's, that's what mummy did. Mummy, mummy fed us incredibly well. Mummy ensured that we, whenever we needed lift somewhere, and and, and it, it it was the typical feeding, washing, driving, um, and just just being there for us. If if we lost a big game, I can remember so many times being in tears and being distraught, and um, you know, you, your mum and dad was was always those people that, that 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 knew how to pick you up and and what what helped, and um, she's just she's done so much for us. We we probably never told her that, um, but the reality is, you know, without without the support uh, of the, the the food, the being there and, and being able to when it, pick us up when we're down and to bring us down when we were up, um, it's just allowed us to to go and express ourselves on a different level. And you know, dad's was a uh, very much the the quiet, not very vocal Irish dad who. 
you always knew he was there for you, and, and he he was the one who went to every single game, and and uh, but wouldn't like to tell you that you did well, or he was he was proud of you, or he was happy for you, but you knew that he was ultimately content and 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 really, really proud. He would tell the whole country before he would tell myself <laughs> and Colin that we had done well, or that we were winning, or you know we made him proud. So there is such a long career to talk about. There's so many All-Ireland Finals, All-Ireland wins, All-Stars, then your club success. Where do you start? It's it's the smaller things that mean most to you at times. Um, myself and Colin have always been incredibly competitive with one another, but in reality our, our relationship's been amazing. And uh, I can remember the day that he made his um, senior debut for Tyrone. We were playing for Man up in Clonus in a, in a first round in first round game. After 20 minutes, he got a he got a bang, and he was taken off on a spinal board. And I, I can remember standing there beside him and thinking, you know, <laughs> it probably gone from it went from one of the one of the best moments of my life. Um, even though I had won all Ireland before that, but to be at the top of your sport, sharing 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 a jersey with 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 someone who. You know, you 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 kicked around out the back for for fifteen, twenty, and twenty five years before that. We played basketball, played snooker, we we competed and everything. But ultimately, we we absolutely love one another. And uh, to to be able to pull on a throne jersey um, with with your brother that 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 meant as much to me as 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 probably any any All Ireland win or any 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 other win. And and that that's what that's what made the the, the club success and. In 2017, so 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 big for us um, because it it was everyone you cared about, everyone who you'd grown up with, and um, so whilst the big All Ireland days um, and the the pitch invasions and and the euphoria of, of bringing the cup home to twenty thousand people in the Moy or or, or or whatever it was in 2003 after beating our, our near neighbours Armagh, that that was amazing. But I had every bit and, and even more pride in bringing an All Ireland Intermediate Trophy home to five hundred people in the Moy Street um, in, in in February. So it it was the small things that that probably mm. meant meant most to me. For those that were close to you, top athletes at times, it's all about me, me, me. I'm just yeah, wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like know, I, is that I, I was a complete nightmare. There's, there's no other no other ways. And 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 I hear other other sports people say that and. You kind of become just so single-minded in everything that you're doing that that at times you do forget about the bigger picture, and and that that was that was probably it was sad almost in that I only probably realised that once once I stepped out of that bubble of the intercounty game. Um, but you do as a sports person, you, you get you get over consumed almost with with the with the piece in front of your face, the the next training, the next gym session um that the injury that you have to ice the uh the mental torture of thinking am i going to play well did i play well have i let anyone else down and the reality is i I, i've probably i've probably played more for other people in my career than i played for myself um probably spent a lifetime uh, of trying to impress the likes of my dad and impress uh just just do my family proud um, I was never happy with with accepting second best. Um, never double edged sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, never been happy has yeah. has really driven me on to being something much probably greater than what what I probably could have achieved otherwise. So, uh, it's what's defined me. And yeah, I, I, you know, I'm I'm still trying to do that now. What I've done is 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 maybe transferred some of that um to to my to my work and and also to my family. So I'm able to put an, uh, some of that energy into playing out the front with the girls, teaching Clara how to ride a bike the last couple of months, um, going to swimming lessons, going to, well, I haven't, haven't delved into dancing in the face yet, but <laughs> Fanula, Fanula looks after that, all other things. Say your three children, they get to play county football and they become, obviously, like yourself, they're addicted to the game, they want it, they love How would you feel about that? Okay, I'm almost... Itching to get baby Sean and pushing him down into before he's even able to crawl. I've read I've read visions of him in a, in a my senior jersey in a throne senior jersey and, and doing some of the things that that, that I've done. Oh, thank you, Han. Well, if a young Sean wears the Tyrone jersey twenty years from now, he may encounter another young man called Barra wearing a Dublin jersey. Oh, cheers. For if the Kavanaghs have been with the GAA forever, 
Little Barra's family are complete newcomers. Barra's mother is Lindsay Peat, winner of the All-Ireland Women's Football title with Dublin in 2010. In her parents' kitchen, we're looking at a photo. Are you dressed as a nun, Marion? Yes. Mo- yes. Excuse me. Mo- mother, mother Superior. Mother Superior. <laughs> What's that? That's um, a duck. An inflatable duck. And that's Lindsay's grandfather, the inflatable donkey. That's a horse. Marion and Ken, her parents are here with sisters Kim and Gemma. And Godmother Phyllis. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually a surprise party. That's why Lindsay's not dressed up in that photo. But we brought her a Captain America outfit, so she got into it afterwards. That night at the party, Lindsay made the most important announcement of her personal life, as her mum Marion explains. We had known for about seven years at that stage, but she didn't tell us she was going to make an actual announcement on the night. She yeah. just did. Yeah. And I was delighted for her. She was in Parnell's. It was all her family and her closest friends. It was fancy dress. It was a brilliant night. And the icing on the cake was to tell all these people that meant something to her that Claire was her partner. And she introduced Claire on the stage on the night. And that's the photo over there in 2010. And do you think you changed as a player and as a person when you came out? Yeah, you just felt you were you. I just felt this was one big lie. I was lying to people and um, that was all in my head. Like, you know, people weren't asking me, are you straight or are you gay? You know, yeah. it wasn't, and I, I'm just not looking at them. It was just in my head. I was like, oh, I'm just not really true to people or I'm just not me fully. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was a huge weight off and I'm relaxed and I'm confident in it. Just saying, this is, you know, this is my wife Claire, this is my son Baron that, no, I think when pe- you're just out and honest with people, you're. I feel, you know, if people are awkward, but most of the time people are just comfortable. That you know, that's it. You know, there's yeah. no elephant in the room. It's just said, and that's yeah. it. And I suppose a lot of the families that I would have met or chatted to, you know, their grandfathers played GA. That wasn't in your background. Lindsay's right? dad, Ken. In Dublin, there's so many facilities around you. In the country, the GAA would be a focal point where he, we had the basketball, there was soccer, there was rugby, there was all sorts of games. So they had a, a broad spectrum of things to choose from. When Lindsay started to play any sport, the whole team were brought back here as part of the family. So we ended up with the whole team here most of the time. And all the sports she's played, like whether it be ga, rugby, uh, basketball, soccer, all the girls came here. So when we watched them play, particularly the Dublin girls, they were like the whole family was playing. We were rooting for them all. Naturally, a bit of uh, prone towards Lindsay, but certainly every one of the girls, we would have known them and be cheering for them. So it really made it very special for us. Basketball was originally Lindsay's sport of choice. So I went through a bit of a tough time in my early 20s and I left basketball for a while and I put on a lot of weight and I played nothing during the summer. And... When we went back and we went to the top division, which was Super League, um, huge amount of weight loss, I think five stone. And that first summer after that, um, Neve McAvoy said to me, come and join Parnells, you know, because I said to her, I want to do something to keep fit for the summer and I don't want to put the weight back on. She said, come and join Parnells, which I did. But I started off in goal. <laughs> no, I, start- <laughs> I started off in goal initially and I was like, ah, this is grand, but I'm not having much crack here. So um, I eventually went out to the forward line half forward then the bug hit me again I wanted more <laughs> I, did, I started off slow and goal but uh, it didn't last too long <laughs> so in a way you kind of came to it late in life in a, yeah. you know in terms of the sport and career yeah, yeah I suppose it would have been 28 that September we played Cork a late bloomer would you would you describe her as that no yeah <laughs> in every way <laughs> and Lindsay's there and she's playing a game. She's in Crow Park. It's an All-Ireland final. What is it like to actually watch her? Marion, coming over the to Mammy. first time in Crow Park, I just remember the enormity of the pitch yeah. and just being shocked at the length of it and the width of it and how was she going to manage to play. And you're there... For all her sports, holding on for dear life, 
hoping the ball goes in, hoping she doesn't make a mess and hoping she has a great day. And that's that's all you want. She doesn't malavogue anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That she doesn't what? Malavogue. Batter, yeah. (laughs) My memory of every match is stress. It's rooting for Lindsay. You want her to do well. You want the team to do well. And I'm the whole time there wishing, 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 watching the ball and then complete hysteria when they get a goal and it works. In 2014, Lindsay scored uh, two goals. And I remember saying my mum and dad hugged each other like, like... I've never seen anyone hug each other and before. That's my memory as well. They mm. stood up, both looked at each other because we were behind mm. them and we're all roaring and they hugged each other. Like, that's my memory of it as well. Um, and we all had tears in our eyes. They were such strong goals. And after the first one, we were like, way, but the second one, uh, we just thought they couldn't lose now. And then the emotion of, yeah, losing by one point <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, but like that feeling still bubbles up inside yeah. you when you even think back on it mm. and it overwhelms you it starts from as soon as they start with the national anthem and it goes straight through until you see the, the final minute tick on but and hearing so many people say like oh that's Pete that's Lindsay Pete uh, mm. yeah real strong goal she's really strong like you just feel so proud I suppose um, but there's also been on the flip side people saying you know Lindsay Pete she can be a bit rough or or the mouth on her she because she can curse a little <laughs> um but like a child she just wants the ball there's no malice in any of it you, you know you're quite defensive it's your sister obviously so you know deep down she's a heart of gold the, your sisters are saying you just see the ball you don't see the danger you don't see anything so you're lining out you have a reputation <laughs> what is your mindset talk me through it um I think the best way I can say is that I'm a soldier as part of an army and we're going out to war. And like I've used that a couple of times, but that that is the deep mindset that I get into. That's how serious this is. Um, And, you know, people say it's it's only sports, not life or death. But in that moment, when you're in that mindset, when you're in that mind frame, it is about life and death. And I've no problem sacrificing my body for the great cause we're going to, you know, to battle for. Coming through the centre, good walk now towards Pete. Strong, skillful play. Ah, oh, that's a bullet of a shot and a goal. Wonderful strike and a wonderful goal. Really has a you, you sort of wish her on to everything. You know, every ball, she should have got that ball. She should have made that tackle. You're very critical of your own children when you're watching them play rather than saying, well, that's her position. She should play that position, which she's told to do it. She should be doing it. Like all parents, you can be very nice and very difficult with your own children. Mm. And that's the hard with us to try and strike a balance and say, well, look, we won't be that hard, you know. Mm. So, And would you, you say you didn't play well and your dad said, yeah, I don't know. Is that even harder when it comes from home, if you know what I mean? Um, no, because I think, to be honest, I'd always remember the negative, especially if we lost. Well, probably times we've even won. Well, you're probably too, you know, in the state of elation when you've won. But when you've lost, you absolutely scrutinise everything. So, no, I'd probably be in the same boat as them in that sense because it'd be very hard. And what could I have done better? And, you know, what should I have done? And, and you'll always go over that in your own head, you know, because... The funny thing is for me, I've I should have more gold medals really than I have. I've loads of medals, I've loads of awards, and unfortunately they're all runner up, you know. Um, three, three All Irelands, and should you know we should have really come out with three out of three, and I've one out of three, you know. And that's and it's. It's that hard to deal with still. It is because you're on such an amateur level and, and I've, you know, I had this argument actually at a, a talk a couple of months ago, I suppose. I, I used the word sacrifice and then one of the other athletes brought up that Billy Walsh had always directed performance for um, Olympic Ireland would always said that it's never a sacrifice. You know, it's an absolute honour to play for your country and it absolutely is. I would never, I've been extremely lucky in with the teams I've been chosen to represent. But when you look at the reality, when you've lost, you know, 
you have to look at it that it's a sacrifice away from your normal everyday life. So, uh, social life. I've missed weddings. I've missed christenings. I've missed birthdays. I've gone and been the DD and not drank. I've been on a strict diet. On that sense, it's a sacrifice. But it's not, a, you know, I'd do it over again. I'd do it 10 times over. I, you know, I'd do it even more. You know, because my only regret is probably not coming to it earlier in life. Because um, it was a bit wild when I was younger, you know. You, you look at could I have gone on scholarship? That now, marrying out scholarships <laughs> to the states, or you know, bits like that. So, so it's bits like that. You'd say, yeah, it's it's a sacrifice away, and and that's where the silver medal comes in. You're like, oh, that sacrifice, and you know, we didn't perform today, and it's you know, it happened to us actually so much with Dublin with such a talented team. How we didn't kick on from 2010 is still beyond me. I thought, you know, once we got over that hump, once we won, a blue wave of success had come over. And it didn't. We were barren again till we reached final in 2014. Has Lindsay's involvement in, in Dublin, what has that brought to your own lives? Godmother Phyllis. Oh, it's, it's just opened up, uh, you know, something else. I watch the girls on TG Gahar now, where I never would have before. Yeah. Phyllis lives around not too far from Parnell's and a lot of yes. Phyllis's friends would always relay and I've, I've, so many of your friends have given paper cutouts and, and that's where I get a slap across the ear because I haven't told them there's an article in the paper or whatever and it's usually yes. true Phyllis and her so friends. We've done a scrapbook for her of all the the things that would be in the papers that people gave us. You know, we've seen Lindsay in the Herald, we've seen Lindsay in this and so proud of her. Yeah. Now, we have Barra here. Lindsay... You're an expert in many disciplines of sport. Rugby, soccer, GAA, basketball. The question is, what about two and a half year old Barra? What's he going to play? Oh, God. Well, I think we'll start with basketball. Then yeah. get his footwork coordination. Then we'll go on to the GAA. People may laugh, but I will drive over from Windy Arbor and he'll, he'll play football for Parnells and we might look at playing Hurling for all of us. I think that's a good okay. compromise. Now, you need to explain to people exactly what the problem is. Your club is Parnells, which is yeah. Northside, Northside yeah. and you're living happily on the south side. Uh, Claire is from Sandyford and her father would be one of the fa- founding members of Nave Olaf's GA. So obviously Barrel will play there. Brenda, if you want to leave my house alive, he'll be playing for Parnells. <laughs> First of all, it's lovely kind of fun and yeah. it's part of the joy of teasing each other about it all. <laughs> I understand all that, but like, why is it important to you that he plays for your club? Because it's it's my club, it's my family, it's my community. It's it's we were brought up and bred and instilled with values that represent this community, and I want him to have those same values. And I don't, I don't know. I have to, I have to say about all of his values. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm, I'm happy with them. And and yeah, it's going to be a conflict no more than Claire's parents being from Galway and they want him in a Galway jersey. And you know, over my dead body, it'll be it's a Dubs yeah. jersey all the way through. You know, so. It's just where you're from, where you're raised and where you're proud to be of. And, and for me, it's the black and green of Parnells. Is Barra coming over? Hmm? Finally, what do you think it's brought to your life, being part of a club, Parnells, being part of the inter-county Dublin team, winning, losing, all of that? What has it brought to you? I think it's changed me as a person. I think it's instilled huge values it's given me focus it's given me belonging it's given me confidence it's given me a huge amount of friends and a lot of love and and a journey that I couldn't imagine changing along the way and I think it's been an integral integral part of my life and as I said my development and it's a huge thank you to my family who have played a big part of that along the way but the people in my club and the people who've gotten me here and I've had many fabulous players and mentors and coaches who've really you know put a huge amount of effort and and invested time in me and just and not always on a on a sporting level sometimes on a personal level just to help you along and get you over so you know my family obviously have been the epicenter and the huge support but um the club has played a huge part and there's been great people along along the way there and last word to marion to see her come full circle to see her happy and to see her having achieved all that she has is just for a mother fantastic and that was Lindsay Pete and her family the involvement of women athletes like Lindsay is part of the changing culture of Gaelic games 1970 90 years after the GA is founded at that stage you're looking at a time when men had walked on the moon but women still hadn't kicked the football in Croke Park but the one thing we know about sport is that it absolutely reflects the society 
in which organisations find themselves. And the transformation of Irish society over the last 50 years, but really over the last 20 years, is so immense. To imagine that you could have Gaelic games as something that was a male preserve is laughable. The single most important thing that has happened in Gaelic games in the last 20 years is the influx of girls to play. And this will transform the organisation in the next 20, 30 years. As the generation who've come up in the last 10 years themselves become parents and themselves possibly get involved in GA clubs and they themselves will be in a much bigger position to coach. And you will, in my view, then see more women coming into coaching men's teams and not just women coaching women's teams. Paul Rouse, historian. Aoife Lane, herself an accomplished camogie player, is a great advocate for women in Gaelic games. On your left, good girl, well done. <laughs> Make sure you don't hit Brenda, hit it on your right. Her father, Noel Lane, won an All-Ireland for Galway Hurland in the historic 1980 final and again in 1987 and in 1988. On a fine summer morning, they were in the garden before travelling to the match. And, um, you know, there have been a few windows broke around here, Brenda, over the years. There have been a few nice cherry trees destroyed and uh, uh, many's the ball that was lost as well and uh, many's the hole that was broken. Sometimes a little bit of blood spilled, but not a lot. Which was all part and parcel of the learning process. Carmel is Noel's wife. So, Carmel, they're having their poke about. Yes. And... You're there and you might be doing the dinner or whatever. Usually. Do you ever feel a little bit like, oh, I'm a bit left out of this clique no. here? Never. <laughs> never, never, never. No. Ever. No, because it was lovely always to listen to them and they'd be chatting away and hitting the ball over and back and sure. Out in the fresh air. You can't buy this, you know. Mm. It, you know, it, it is the best way of life, it isn't is. it? Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, it really is, yeah. Was it good for Noel particularly if he lost something like yes, say it he was, lost, you know, yeah, because he didn't have that yeah, to come back to Yeah, and, and I mean it's it it brings you back to normality. This like mm. it's okay he played his sport, he played his matches and they were very important. But this is real life. Family and home is real life. For Noel Lane, hurling is connected to the memory of his late father. When I was five or six years of age and out with bigger brothers and bigger neighbours and trying to compete with them in every aspect of the uh, of the game, in every aspect. It wasn't part of the game as well. But um, my father was looking out one evening over the wall at us and he's smoking the pipe and he, he said to me, Jay and all, he said, you're going to be another Christy Ring. I thought that was lovely. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was an affirmation, I suppose. And out of affirmation comes confidence. And out of confidence comes, I suppose, confidence and success. But uh, those words from my father, will, I'll never forget them, the Lord of mercy in them. You know, I was never going to be a Christy Ring, but it was just the way he said it. He he meant, like, you know, that you, you could be fairly good. Like, Did your dad get to see you play? He wouldn't have gone to that many games. He was at a few of the All-Irelands. I remember in the, after the 1980 All-Ireland when we went in to the Cora Hotel and he was standing, himself and Nana, Noel's mum, standing on the corridor and he was crying. He'd be a man of few words. Yeah, he, he was you know, quite he, man. he was a quite man, yeah, and yeah. and he was a twin. He would have played minor for Galway, uh, and he played in the county final in 1939. He was a Clareton Bridge man, a neighbouring parish. And we were a farming family, lots of work to be done. But he always gave us the space, and me in particular, I think, gave me the space to go off hurling and go training and go practicing. And and, and he certainly had a big contribution in my career. And hurling brings back memories of his daughter Aoife as a little girl. I hurled more than on a night when I came home from work. Every evening with this little lady here, Aoife came along. And when she was four or five or six, she'd be waiting for me to come in the gate in the evening in over the grade. And before dinner or before tea, we'd be outside in the lawn and we'd be hurling. And Aoife was extremely skillful from a very early age. She had all the touches. She loved it herself. She had a great passion for hurling. And uh, was a great hurler indeed and, and was very proud of her as a, as a camogie player. But I would imagine that those 10 or 12 or 15 minutes before my dinner honed was a big part in honing my skills as well because I suppose I was trying to show off to her a little bit but at the same time trying to teach her the right skills. So I was making a huge effort to do the right thing and that probably indirectly was helping my own game also. Aoife first saw her father play in an All-Ireland final in 1990. You were probably nine in mm. 1990, born in 81. But um, my father died also in 1989. So I think I went up to that Ireland with a little bit of pressure, wanting to win it for Aoife and wanting to win it for my father who had passed. Um, but it just wasn't to be. 
But um, it was harder afterwards losing that, knowing that it would have hurt Aoife, you know, because I know it would and I know the way she she uh, took defeats and that it used to, she said herself, stress her out and she get very upset about it. So I would have loved to have won that one for her when she was old enough to have really appreciated it. But it wasn't to be. And Harlan has been the backdrop to his married life to Carmel. So how did they meet? We met at a dance in the Classic Ballroom in Gort. And yeah. the Classic Ballroom in Gort was the place where everybody met, <laughs> where all couples met. Yeah. It was a fabulous place, yes, now gone. But it was yeah. a great place to meet someone. Yeah. <laughs> it was love at first sight, I think. So <laughs> How long of a courtship did you have then before you got married? You know, I didn't have much time for courtship. I was very involved in the hurling. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was... Years. Yeah. We'd met in 78 and we married in, in 1980. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, it was great. I was pushing on a little bit. Carmel was young. But, I was still uh, a young girl, I might add. We couldn't wait to marry and settle down. I built a house and, and, and um, it was great. And then Aoife came along and... Made things even better, so you know it was great all along. I mean, our our family at home. It was football we watched at that time, mm. you know. Um, so I didn't really. So it was very new to me um, when you know going to the matches and all of that was very new. And I found it so difficult to even to follow a game, to be quite honest with you. But anyway, there you go. I got into it very fast. I can tell you yeah. because we married in 1980 and Galway won the All Ireland in 1980. So it was a baptism of fire <laughs> at the time. Yeah, <laughs> but look, it has been great. 1980 been great. was historic. I just remember, it was so many years since Galway had won All Ireland in the 80s, and 1980 was like it. It was like a dream, I suppose. Really, years. when you look at it now, 57 yeah. years yeah. since 1923. Yeah, so yeah. there was huge excitement and euphoria, and yeah. But it it took over your life for the whole year. You know, because every night there was some place to go or something to do. Is this post the win? Uh, after the win, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, every place you went, there was either a crystal presentation or a trophy <laughs> presentation. <laughs> I won't tell you where they all are. <laughs> but there was so much. St- I mean, clubs and, and every place. They went, everybody was so good to them. But at the same time, it's not real life. I mean, you know, you still have to go to work. I work um, and Noel was working and it was... It was hard. I won't tell you a lie. It was difficult. I mean, there was no place that you didn't go that you were kind of maybe ever so slightly pushed aside. And they they wanted to get to that man, that hurler, you know. And that was understandable, of course. And like sometimes, yes, it was fine. More times you feel like saying, I want you to go away and leave me alone. But I often say, and this was something I talked about with the other hurler's wives. Someday I used to say, I'll write a book and I'll call it is this your missus? Because that was <laughs> that was always the question you'd be asked then. Oh, is this your missus? <laughs> but, you know, when you're young, I was only 21 in, in 1980 and it, it was, it was, it could, could be difficult at times, but look, you got on with it. Did you understand that from her perspective, Noel? Probably not so much at that time as I would have in later years, you know, it was kind of all about all, so playing at inter-county level was a very selfish kind of a thing and you put a lot of time and effort into it and Carmel was brilliant, like I mean, you know, and the wives are very important and the partners are very important right throughout it. I mean, uh, they're there on the Monday morning to put things into perspective, whether you win or lose, they're there uh, for the triumphs and the defeats, you know. And uh, Carmel made an awful lot of sacrifices in those years to let me follow my dream. You know, so I was a lot about me, maybe, but at the same time, very conscious of Carmel and the effort she was putting in. She was working. We were starting a young family. So I think I played my role quite a bit when I could. But, you know, in between, there was an awful lot of training and an awful lot of games and an awful lot of matches. And when we did win in 1980, a lot of celebrations. And, uh, you know, we we were called upon a lot. And you're, you're obliged, really, to bring the cup around to schools and to different places. And sometimes we didn't come home after school. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Reading some of the newspaper articles around the time, mm. 1980, and the scenes describing bringing the Lee McCarthy Cup West, they're amazing. For me, I suppose, it bring, you take it's kind of personal as well as the group. Um, all the people that influenced you along the way, your parents, your club, your family, uh, your your you know the school, national school. Your uh, Tom Daherty for me, 
Old Ladies College Gort, Sean Devlin for me, amongst other teachers. All of those people that influenced you, and in my club as well, there were so many people. Uh, you just feel justification. It gives you a kind of affirmation that, look, at, it was worth it all. And you'd, you'd, you'd say, look, at, I hope these people, all these people are getting some joy out of this, having contributed to our development and all of that over the years. So the people that influences you, you think of those. And uh, while we were walking over the Shannon in Athlone, and the women behind us in the small minibus, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was just very, very special. And, uh, it's very emotional, yeah. you know, too. And people were very emotional. I mean, that night in, in Galway near Square, I will never, ever, ever forget it, ever. It was unreal. And like to see, I suppose, older generation of people. Yeah. And that, that touches you. Yes, it does, yeah. But coming back to 1980, I mean, we, we cannot let the that go without mentioning Joe Connolly's acceptance speech as well. Yeah. And, and and Joe McDonough's singing The West Awake. And, and, and you know, it was such... An, uh, and, and I above beside him smoking a fag, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I wasn't a big smoker. But loved a cigarette that time. And you just couldn't wait to have an old pull of the fag after, after the winning. And to do it above beside in the top of the Hogan stand, but... Great times, great memories and great occasions, you know, and had many great years after that also. Did you feel, Carmel, you had to just let him go? You know, that he wasn't yours, if well, you know listen, what I mean. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. Last year, um, when Galway won the All-Ireland and we were in the City West, after dinner, Noel would often ramble off here and there talking to people, but that's fine. I'm used to that. And I go out and there he is in a corner and he queue. And they hand to me over the phone, will you take a photograph of me with your husband? Will you take a photograph? And I thought, would she go away? <laughs> That's amazing. That's 40 years later. That's 40, 40 years, years later. later. Yeah. 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 Still, wow. Yeah. Still have the looks. <laughs> and I think with this white head, no one will know him, but they do. <laughs> but that is lovely too. It is. You lovely. know, that is lovely too. You threw, you've three children and we have Aoife yeah. here. Okay. Did they feel the pressure to live up to dad's reputation, to be as good as dad? Is that something you were mindful of with them? I, I can remember uh, both uh, Mark, Patrick plays the backs and Mark was backs and field. But I remember Patrick saying to me once, he said, they're always trying to push me up in the forwards. And I think it's because dad was a forward. And, you know, often that happens. They think, OK, you know, Noel was played in the forwards always. He never played in the backs. So these lads are going to be forwards as well, but they're not, you know. I don't know, do they, do they feel any pressure? I don't think they did, you know. Mm. We, I don't think we ever felt an ounce of pressure. I think we just liked playing and we were, like, we'd still just be mad to represent our club and do that very well. I'm, and maybe as well, none of us were probably at that level. Yeah. Maybe if we were, we would have felt it. But we weren't a patch on what Dad was. We were all competent and good and enjoyed it. But there wasn't even a conversation. You know, we just kind of played at the level we were yeah. good at. Mark did play and won in All-Ireland on the 21 with Galway. He was part of, of, the, of the extended squad. And uh, that was that was great for him. He was a, a very good hurler. Unfortunately, he had to yeah. succumb to it with injury. I'm very conscious we have a hurling match to get oh, to very shortly. Six we have six <laughs> minutes. <laughs> So what would you say has been the joy of bringing up a family in this GA bubble? Um, you know, there's a past which was great and glorious uh, in many respects. There's a present which is wonderful at the moment. And there's also a future. And we're just glad that we have a family coming after us that we know when we pass on that are going to be very involved and we'll continue that and we'll and we'll give that to their own kids as well when they come forward, please God, in their own time. So it's a continuation and we're just part of the process of the present and will be for the future. You know, there's a wonderful uh, feeling about that of, 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 of comfort. And that is Galway Hurland legend Noel Lane and his family. That's all for this edition of Like Family. Thanks to all the families who took part in this programme. Thank you for listening. This programme was produced by Eileen Hearn. For more information, check out rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash like family.